0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 19th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini.
1: And I'm you on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki.
0: Grace, I am recording here from my last day in New York City on Sunday. I will be heading out after seeing a matinee, so I'm flying out late. It's been a crazy trip, lots of stuff. I will have another Patreon-exclusive travelogue episode coming up hopefully tomorrow. My schedule, as you know, Grace, has taken a little bit of a turn. A couple things that I was planning on seeing... I did not see for various reasons, including press cancellations because of people out. So I ended up seeing two extra Broadway shows that I had not anticipated seeing, but uh, the things that I will be talking about, at least in brief or in full, I did go to a Stevie Nicks concert on Wednesday uh, out at Belmont Park, which is very cool. I saw a very early preview of The Notebook, which you and I were just discussing. Not going to talk about that, even though I did pay for a ticket, but I'll give you a little bit of thoughts there. I saw a reading for a new musical called The Lady Annabelle. I went back to six again, which I don't need to talk about because you know my thoughts on that. Then I saw Jonah from Roundabout Theater Company off-Broadway. I saw O'Mary off-Broadway, and I saw The Life and Slimes of Mark Summers off-Broadway. And then today, after we record, I'm going over to signature to see sunset baby which is the new dominique Mariso show that is happening there so lots of stuff to get into and lots of of interesting things i, I you know there was a couple things early on in this trip which i've talked about in a log that i really really strongly disliked grace but everything else has been really really strong so uh, overall successful trip and you're playing host to your mother as well right now so hopefully things that you are seeing with her are going well too
1: Oh, absolutely. We actually got to see Hamilton. Shout out again to the incredible press room. And Nina, we um, we had an amazing time. And I think that seeing it multiple times, very fortunately, allows you to hear just how incredible everything is and seeing the you know lighting design and the and the sound design working together like I actually got to focus more on the other elements of the show which was really really cool because uh, a hot take it's a really good show
0: crazy man you're going out on a limb there uh, i always think seeing it, uh, it it's about the staging for me it like gives me more opportunities to focus on like different ensemble tracks or different portions of the stage so you can see all of the different intricate m- movements that tommy and andy put together so that's awesome i'm very glad to hear that so if you want to hear all of my thoughts on everything that i'm seeing head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio radiocom slash patreon now, Grace, you are, at least on this show, are noted succession obsessive here. And last week, Deadline's Baz Boy reported that the current West End production of The Picture of Dorian Gray, which stars Sarah Snook playing every character in the entire show, is once again looking to come to Broadway in 2025. His quote was that the decision will be made, quote, once she's had a break and if she wants to do it. We've already previously discussed reports from the New York Post that said it was going to come over. Of course, none of this has actually been confirmed yet, and they are still thinking about whether or not it's going to happen. There are also reports of a planned NT Live film of it as well. But... Sarah Snook, very hot coming off of Succession and all of the acclaim that that show had during its final season, all of the Emmys and all of that stuff. Uh, She is playing every single role in that show. And I don't know that I've heard much about it yet. I'm not even sure if it's open, but I know I've seen people that are going. And I think that would be a pretty hot ticket if if it gets the good reviews that I expect it will back over here in the States, Grace.
1: Yeah, it's giving prima facie, like the whole NT Live filming yeah. potential, you know, a year later moving to the States, one person show, one incredible film woman actor Etc so I really need this to happen the video and I just want to direct everyone to their um, social page the video that they put out was so spectacular on opening night of just how much goes into the the theatricality of that show it was showing you know like the behind the scenes of the light booth the tech booth the uh sound all those things which was very very cool and then Sarah like getting ready for the show so yeah everything that I've seen about it People are raving, and I just think that that's so cool. We had no doubt that it was going to be really good, but I think that seeing the reception has been really nice.
0: It, it is interesting to me that we are now getting basically everybody from that cast on stage almost immediately after the show ended its its run. Like, uh, other than like Alan Ruck, which I guess we need to get on Broadway here at some point pretty soon. Like pretty much everybody is is going to the stage Alan and uh, and kieran like let's get them in a show on broadway somewhere because basically everybody else in that cast is showing up somewhere
1: revive this is our youth again
0: yeah we were <laughs> kieran and and then throw j smith cameron in there somewhere i don't know that show but but maybe you know she's got an inside
1: revive uh, the graduate with uh, j smith cameron and Kieran Culkin, you know I'll be there.
0: Yeah, Kieran might be a little old at this point for uh, for the graduate, but uh, okay, he does he does he does read younger though. So um, all right, well let's move on to some other very very good news. But People Magazine is reporting that Tyne Daly is on the road to recovery, as we talked about last week. Daly had to drop out of the Broadway revival of Doubt due to an unexpected hospitalization. They have not revealed like what the illness or anything was, but they have said that she's expected to make a full recovery. Roundabout put out a statement saying, quote, on behalf of the cast and crew of Doubt and the entire Roundabout family, we are elated that Tyne is on the mend and on her way to a full recovery. Obviously, Tyne Daly, one of the absolute best. We wish her nothing but a speedy recovery. As we'd previously discussed, she exited the show and in her stead, understudy Isabel Keating stepped in for a week. And then Oscar and Tony nominee Amy Ryan took over the role of sister Aloysius. And I'm sure she is still just trying to get her feet underneath her. So they have pushed back the opening into May. But of course, yeah, you hope that Tyne is, is on the mend and we get her back on stage soon. All right, Grace, let's get into this week's theatrical schedule, and still not a ton happening on Broadway yet. That'll start happening mostly when we get into March, but there's a lot of stuff happening off-Broadway, and we will dive into all of that starting on Monday, where we have the official opening of Five, the Parody Musical, which is the show that basically takes the format of six and applies them to all of the women in... Donald Trump's life, I I just, yeah, something about this just makes me queasy, but I know that this is probably something that a lot of people in New York City will enjoy. It'll run for only four weeks over at Theater 555, appropriate for a musical called Five. It'll run from February 15th through March 10th. If you want more information of that, including a trailer, so to speak, you can head over to the show notes.
1: Um, my friend Sarah is playing bass in the show. and if you aren't familiar, you'll you'll probably recognize her from a lot of fifty four below shows that you've been to as playing the bass incredibly. She played bass. In the six band on Broadway and is now going to be playing oh, in the five band off Broadway, which I think is really hilariously amazing. And then Jamie Lynn Beatty, if you're familiar with Starkid, you know her work. She's mm-hmm. a huge TikTok influencer now as well. She's hilarious. And I believe she's playing Melania Trump. She is hysterical. Like, I've never not been around her and fell out of my seat laughing. So if you are planning on going to see this, just know that I at least can validate that two people are incredibly talented in the show. Um, and it looks like a lot of fun.
0: All right. Well, that is good. Now we've got to get your friend who plays bass in a show called Four or something, because that's just uh, sequentially next.
1: No, nine. Nine. She's going to do nine next. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's not going in order. I think some people's uh, OCD might need her to go in order and cycle back to nine. But that's neither here nor there. All right. On Wednesday, over in New York City Center, the first performance of Jelly's Last Jam will start. This is, of course, running for two weeks because all shows for this year's season of Encores will run longer than normal. So it will run from February 21st through March 3rd. In the cast, we have a great group of people, including Nicholas Christopher, John Clay III, maybe Duncan Gibbs, Jakina Kalakongo, Tiffany May, Okarite Anadawan, Stephanie Pope Lofgren, Billy Porter, Leslie Uggams, Allison M. Williams, Diadiu and this one is directed by Robert O'Hara. This is one of those shows, Grace, that I think fits perfectly with what Encore's has always supposed to have been about shows that don't get done very often and getting a full scale, great performance with an incredible cast. Of course, sometimes they get away from that and do shows that we see fairly regularly. But I think this is a special one where you can see a show that otherwise you might never get to see ever. So I'm um, very excited to hear how this one goes when it get, begins performances on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, over at New World Stages, we have the opening night of The Life and Slimes of Mark Summers, which I saw on Saturday night. So I can't talk too much about that one because it is still in previews, but it is a limited engagement playing 16 weeks only. It, of course, features the iconic host of Double Dare and Unwrapped Mark Summers. It is written by Alex Brightman with additional music by Drew Gasparini and directed by Chad Rabinovitz. I will just say that For people of a certain age, my age and maybe five to ten years younger and people older as well, this really hit. Like this was just a nostalgia serotonin fix that you didn't know you needed. So I'll talk more about it probably when it opens. But uh, The Life and Slimes of Mark Summers officially opening on Thursday night at New World Stages. Then on Saturday, we have our one Broadway entry into the calendar this week, Grace, and that is that previews will begin performances over at the Imperial Theater for the musical adaptation of Water for Elephants. It features a book by Rick Ellis and music by the Pigpen Theater Company, which is, you don't usually see collectives uh, credited with writing Broadway shows. It is directed by Kimberly Akimbo director Jessica Stone. It has choreography by Jesse Robb and Shayna Carroll and has a really, really interesting cast, including some folks. that have been added since the Atlanta out-of-town tryout, but it is led by Isabella McCalla, Grant Gustin, Paul Alexander Nolan, Wade McCollum, Sarah Gettelfinger, Greg Edelman, and more. So, Grace, I don't know that, I don't think I've ever seen this movie or read the book, but I know there's circus involved. Like, can you give me a crash course on what exactly Water for Elephants is about?
1: From my timeline understanding, it is kind of like, post-war, like this guy is just looking for, he he literally runs away to join the circus. That is kind of the the beginning of the story. And it's kind of told in two ways from the future version of himself looking back. So there's an older version of the character as well. And then um, him living through having joined the circus and then like meeting those performers and then getting to know the animals that are involved. And uh, the person that runs the circus is also involved with one of the artists. And he may or may not be falling in love with her. And that's kind of, you know, creating a little hostile work environment, probably. (laughs) But the circus nature of the show is so stunning. I can't speak to the Broadway run yet, obviously. But just knowing all of the incredible artists that they have on hand for this, like, it's beautiful like i know that there are elements of the show that will really take your breath away and i'm i'm just genuinely excited to even tangentially be a part of this, but also I'm just curious to see the whole piece on stage. I've never seen it live. I've never, you know, gotten to sit in on a rehearsal or anything like that. So I'm really excited and I've never seen Grant perform. So I think this is going to be cool. And we love Izzy, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think that the work that she's putting into a lot of her like aerials and silks and like that, it's going to be very cool.
0: Yeah. If you've been following along with anybody associated with the show on social media, not only do they have all of those, like you were talking about circus elements with the trapeze and with uh, aerials and silks and all that stuff, there's also a pretty substantial amount of puppetry going on because animals, there's an elephant in the title. Uh, I don't know exactly what that puppetry is. They haven't showed a ton of that, but both Grant and Izzy in their media availabilities have kind of talked about how cool those elements are. So Whatever this show ends up being, I think it will certainly be a feast for the eyes to watch. So looking forward to hearing more about that when it begins performances this week at the Imperial. Then on Sunday, we have an opening and two closings, all of them happening off Broadway. The official opening happens over at the Signature Center with the new play, The Seven Year Disappear, written by Jordan Seavey and directed by Scott Elliott. This is a two-hander featuring Taylor Trench and Cynthia Nixon. They play mother and son in the show. Cynthia Nixon's character is like a world famous performance artist who just disappears for seven years, leaving her son in a lurch. And then she comes back and they have to navigate all of those different emotions and everything that has happened in the subsequent time that she has been gone. That show is currently scheduled to run through March 24th, so keep an eye on those reviews a week from now. And then also happening off-Broadway, we have the final performance of The Night of the Iguana, also happening at the Signature Center. That's a rental, though. That's not an actual Signature performance. This is the production that features Tim Daly, Tyne Daly's brother, Daphne Rubin-Vega, Leah Delaria, Austin Pendleton, and more. And then over at the Playhouse at St. Luke's, Make Me Gorgeous has its final performance off-Broadway. Wade McCollum, who is in Water for Elephant's Had been doing that show, but then when rehearsals and stuff started, he had to go over there and he has been placed by Darius Rose, also known as Jackie Cox for everybody who is uh, from the drag race world who might know Jackie Cox from that show. All right, Grace, real quick, uh, a couple little bits of news here, and one of them I know that you were uh, fairly interested in, I saw you post about, but the American Theater Wing and the Drama Bookshop have announced a new partnership called Play Readers Club, which is a tiered system to read and discuss plays. It starts from like a $5 membership, which just kind of lets you in on these Zoom meetings and lets you know what play they're reading, all the way up to $35 a month that allows you to actually go to play readings at the drama bookshop it gives you the physical copy of every play that's being read a t-shirt and all these other things but i think this is a very very cool opportunity to build a community around people who are really into theater and to read plays reading plays is much different than reading books and i think this is a great opportunity to like open people up to that which i don't know that that is something that people outside of like drama drama school or, or people who are actually in the industry do. So I think this is a great opportunity. Do you have any other insights into what this is all about, Grace?
1: No, I just want to say this is awesome. I wanna find out. I'm sure it was the the combination of a few people, but I really wanna to, wanna to credit whomever is a part of this. So if you know, please tell me. Um, but I think things like this are so few and far between. And I love the drama bookshop. I really, really do. I think that so much of what they're doing, besides obviously being a great retailer and cafe, these little opportunities are so cool and and they move the needle a little bit more because to your point i think past school people don't often have these outlets anymore we don't have book clubs as often we kind of just like rely on people's recommendations online so i think that things like this are really exciting
0: yeah absolutely All right, coming up this week on a couple of days, there is going to be an industry reading of a new musical called Bohemian Progeny. It features book, music, and lyrics by Julian Rosenblum, and it is directed by Amy Griffin. In the cast will be Sam Primack, Kyle Scatliff, Danielle Wade, and others. The show has a kind of a funny little premise. The show is described this way. Jason is living every theater kid's dream. The son of New York musical theater writers Suzanne and Charlotte, he's surrounded by talent, passion, and one too many Sondheim references. There's just one problem. His dream is to be a software engineer. So I think that's very funny. So we'll keep an eye on that. Some great people in there. So keep an eye out for that one moving forward. And then in our feel-good recommendations, Grace, I have two videos. You will sense a theme here. The first one is from kind of like a pre-launch party that the Broadway-bound version of The Great Gatsby did last week at the Plaza Hotel. Jeremy Jordan and original Eurydice, Eva Noblezada, performed the song My Green Light from the show. There was a ton of other stuff that happened there, so I'm sure they will be doling those videos and photos out over the coming weeks before the show's opening. But then we'll go from the original Eurydice to the new Eurydice because Town released a little sub- snippet of Lola Tongue and Jordan Fisher's All I've Ever Known from the show. And we've talked about Lola Grace a couple times here in the last few weeks, but I, having not watched The Summer I Turned Pretty, the, the TV show that has kind of brought her to a, a fairly big stardom, but... I'm pretty impressed. Uh, I'm pretty impressed, and uh, it's it's tough to step into that role, having succeeded not only Eva but Solea Pfeiffer, and uh, and knock it out of the park. And it seems like she has. But she has she has history stepping in for Solea Pfeiffer in the past.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that video too, and I think it's really really cool. So everybody that has already bought tickets, congratulations. People that have yet to buy their tickets, go
0: absolutely. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at matt Grace, where can people find you?
1: You can find me at it's Grace All right,
0: everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.